Hey, Daily Crime listeners, a quick announcement before we get into today's episode. We are, of course, a daily podcast, but during the month of July, we're going to be scaling back to one episode per week. But don't worry, in August, we'll be back to our usual daily schedule with a new episode every day, Monday through Friday. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. Coming up. He's had, it threatened us before, like... When he um, talked to your daughter today... Yes. Did he tell your daughter what his plan was? He said that he had a gun. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. The day before she was murdered last year, Johanna Crawford made this call to 911. Your emergency? Okay, I am calling because uh, I didn't know what number to call. Uh, my name is Johanna Crawford, and I live in Oregon, Ohio. And the reason I'm calling is I received a text from my daughter. Um, we have full custody of our, our granddaughter. And what she texted me to say was that... Um, Without going all into the whole background, that there that the father of my grandchild has said that he is going to kill my husband and myself. This is not the first time he's made a threat towards us and her, so that he can have our uh, granddaughter. Johanna Crawford's family now believes her death could have been avoided had her plea for help been handled differently by local law enforcement. And in fact, her call to nine one one wasn't the only one. Yes, he does have a gun, and he's going out there, and he said he's going to kill him. I'm joined now by reporter Amanda Fay at 11 Investigates WTOL in Toledo, Ohio. Amanda, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Sure, absolutely. Let's start by, if you could tell us about what happened back in December of last year, and a 66-year-old woman was was murdered. Right. So on December 15th um, is kind of when the whole story starts. That's when Johanna Crawford's daughter... Elizabeth Huber called police in Toledo. Elizabeth was in Toledo at the time. She called police for a domestic violence situation. The father of her child, Malcolm Fisher, and her got into an argument. And Elizabeth said it really got heated. And he was saying some pretty ugly things, making some threats. So she called police and they came out, filed a domestic violence report and went upon their way. While police were there, Elizabeth, um, or after police left, Elizabeth got a voicemail from Malcolm Fisher saying, I'm going to kill your mother, your father, our child, if you don't call me back right now. 
So Elizabeth called her mom, said, mom, you know, I just want you to know about this. He's, he's threatening you. Um, Joanna Crawford and her husband had custody of their child. And so uh, that's kind of what this is all over, a, a custody issue. So um, Johanna Crawford called 911, said, Malcolm Fisher threatened my life. Uh, he's done this before. He has a, a violent past. And he did. He was convicted. He had just been released from prison in 2021 for a variety of, of crimes, violent crimes. And um, so they took down her information. Where do you live? She gave the address. Um, th uh, 3156 Hazleton, and they said, okay, we'll, we'll step up p patrols around your home. So then fast forward 24 hours and police call, uh, someone calls police again, 911. And this time it is the cousin of Malcolm Fisher. My emergency is I'm calling, um, a cousin of mine is, is threatening to go out there and do harm to some people, and I'm trying to get the police to get out there before he makes it out there. And they said, okay, what's the address? And he said, uh, 3110 Hazleton. And the dispatcher is putting the information in her system, and she says, oh, that's not an actual address. Uh, can he try again? And he's like, I don't, I don't know. I just, uh, hate 3156 Hazelhurst. And, and, you know, the conversation goes on for a while and he's becoming more frustrated in this 911 call and the dispatchers trying to find the location, supervisors get involved. Um, he's saying here, here's his phone number, just call him and tell him to stop. And, um, there was uh, the phone got disconnected a couple times. He called back, uh, pretty frustrated. Um, and then ten minutes later, they get another nine one one call from the neighbor saying, "I just heard some shots fired at at my neighbor's house." And then police got there one minute later, and Johanna Crawford was killed. And we just uh, learned about three weeks ago uh, he was sentenced in her death. He took an Alfred plea, meaning uh, he wasn't admitting guilt here, but did say, you do have enough evidence to convict me. And he was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison. And he, and he was arrested soon after the, the murder, Correct. right? Correct. Yeah. Um, a, a few hours later, uh, even it may have only been an hour, but within a, within a couple hours, he was arrested. He had kidnapped the child. So he went to the home in Oregon, uh, shot and killed Johanna Crawford and, uh, kidnapped their, his child and took her with him. And um, then police tracked him down to an address in Toledo, uh, safely uh, took the child who was about nine years old. Um, we haven't given much information about her identity, obviously, um, but, but took the child and she was safe at that time. And then he was arrested there. What, as you followed up on this, who, who have you been able to talk to? I know that some officials have, have either not responded or said they can't really comment on this case, but what have you learned? So uh, I reached out to the 911 dispatch center was, was really my first place to go to because here in Lucas County, the 911 dispatch center was recently consolidated uh, just over a month. It was in November 4th, I believe, uh, 2021. The murder happened on December 16th. So uh, about a month and a half uh, before this murder, Lucas County consolidated its 911 operation, which means Oregon police used to have its own dispatch center with dispatchers who knew the area. They knew landmarks. They knew people. Um, 
And now all of Lucas County, so that's Toledo, that's Oregon, that's places, you know, places around here, people would know Sylvania, uh, different, um, different jurisdictions now all call this one central dispatch center that's located in Toledo. And, uh, you know, some, some question, you know, I had a lot of questions essentially for this 911 dispatch center, uh, you know, about why they couldn't figure out this address. And unfortunately I was told that they would not comment on this citing potential litigation. So that's why they wouldn't, they, I I literally sent them, I asked them over the phone, um, an email to do an interview when they denied, uh, interviews, I typed up a list of questions for them. Uh, can you answer these questions? They wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. Um, I also reached out to Toledo police because if you'll remember in the beginning of the story, uh, Elizabeth Huber called, police when she had the domestic dispute with Malcolm Fisher and they wrote up a domestic dispute report and left the scene. Well, come to find out later, Malcolm Fisher had a warrant out for his arrest because he had assaulted someone a week ago, that week prior to that. So I had questions for TPD, you know, what are your protocols? Why, you know, do you automatically run his name? How did you not know that there was a warrant out for his arrest? Uh, Why did you let him go? Uh, A lot of questions I had for them and they gave me the same response that there's possible, there's potential litigation. So we cannot comment. Uh, I also reached out to Oregon police and that was the one person who would answer some questions for me. I sent the same list of questions to um, Oregon police and Toledo police as I sent to the dispatch center. And the Oregon police chief said, I will, I will answer some of your questions. So I talked to him over the phone and he explained to me that I said, how come when this cousin called and said, Malcolm Fisher, you couldn't enter his name into a system and it would come up that it was associated with this threat made at this address. And he said, you know, the, Everything is in the system according to address. So therefore, you know, if the dis, the, the, the cousin said 3110 Hazleton, it's not the correct address. It's not going to pop up. They wouldn't know. So I got that answer, basically, that everything is in the system according to address. So you have to have the, the exact address in order for dispatchers, apparently, to figure out what's going on. So I got that answer from Oregon police. Um, He also told me that when Johanna Crawford called them to report the threat, they did step up patrols around her house. Uh, That means all calls were sent out at the beginning of each shift for police officers. So they were aware of the situation. They stepped up patrols around her neighborhood. And so he felt on his end, his police department followed protocol. So that's basically all the information that I was able to get from anyone. When they mentioned pending litigation, do we have any idea what that's about? Well, um, we have some information that apparently another family member uh, might might file a lawsuit, but I don't. That's not confirmed. But that we have heard that, and we know that somebody, a lawyer, has FOIAed some um, information, some re- some records, and I believe that FOIA request was finally fulfilled this week. So we're going to obviously continue to follow this to see uh, if that goes forward. And FOIA, meaning Freedom of Information Act, and, and for any listeners who are not familiar, but I, I think mm-hmm. most of our listeners are, are familiar with that. Um, you know, another thing about this is that you've got 
all these 911 calls and you hear Joanna Crawford's voice in this calm manner explaining what's going on. And obviously that's just so tragic to hear now that she's gone. Yes, she was so calm. And I think she said, you know, he's done this before. He has a violent past. And we know from Elizabeth Huber that Johanna Crawford and her husband have had custody of their child from birth. And uh, Elizabeth kind of explained her background a little bit. You know, at first when I had the baby, you know, I wasn't in a great place. And the goal was for me to get custody of my child. And it just never really worked out. So really, this child has been under the care of her grandparents for her whole life. He does have a criminal history. He was released again from prison again this summer. He's had been arrested for carrying a gun before. He's not mentally real stable. I don't know if he's on parole or probation. I mean, and did he, recent... In the text, did he say how he was going to kill you and your husband? Well, what... It was my daughter saying that he said it to her in person, and so she was texting us to be safe. He did not contact us directly. Um, he's had it threatened us before. Like when he um, talked to your daughter today, did, yes. he, did he tell your daughter what his plan was? He said that he had a gun. And it just the whole situation is is incredibly sad and tragic, and. Um, you know, obviously we don't know how the child is doing or what, you know, what this, what that situation is like, but you just feel um, so strongly for someone you've never met. And when you mentioned FOIA too, I, I did want to mention, I did FOIA, I asked the 911 center, I did FOIA whether any dispatchers had been disciplined as a result of what happened on December 16th. And I was told no. So um, no admission there of, of any mistakes that happened that day. You mentioned that one of the threats he made, he mentioned uh, not just killing Joanna Crawford, but also her husband. Was he around or in the house at the time? Yes. Yeah. Um, um, I believe he actually was not home at the time. He was arriving home and that's what he came home to. All right. Amanda Faye, we'll, uh, we'll be in touch if you hear anything more on this investigation. Thanks so much for joining us again. Amanda Faye with 11 Investigates at WTOL in Toledo, Ohio. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. And just a reminder to all of our listeners, a quick programming note. Throughout the month of July, we will only have one episode a week, a new episode every Monday throughout July. We'll be back five days a week, Monday through Friday in August with all new episodes. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson.